What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 90. My name is Josh. I'm joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts, as always. Brett, how are you? What's going on, Josh? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, chat? Uh, we're here. What's going episode on? 90. Uh, United Arab Emirates. United Arab United, United, United Arab United Arab Emirates. What up? And what was the other one? Um, Nepal. Nepal. Nepalese, right. Nepalese people, yes. I don't really know if that's how you say what they are. but The Nepalese. That's what we're going to call them. The Neapolitans. If you're one of the uh, the Neapolitans, drop us a line and let us know how we pronounce what you are. Rock and roll, brother. Rock and roll. But yeah, that's right. Number one gaming podcast in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and wherever else we just said. Nepal. Yep. Oh, right. Nepal. Right. Always a big, always been a big Nepal fan. Yeah, a big yeah. Jake Paul fan. No, opposite of that. Not that okay. at all. Okay. Not that at all. Anyway, we got a show for everybody today. Yes, we do. Um, we are going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok a little bit, just giving some general early impressions um, to everybody. I'm way, way further than Brett is. I think yeah. I'm almost done the game actually. Uh, we're, I'm arriving at a nexus point, but I'm doing a bunch of cleanup. So we'll talk about that. Brett, meanwhile, okay. barely started it. Um, no, so that's not fair. Has hardly picked up the controller at all. You know, doesn't even know what's going on. Doesn't even no. know who Kratos is. Not true. <laughs> uh, frankly, in the chat said, quote, this country looks like a set of nipples. Well, you can't just name a country nipple. How about Nepal? Does Nepal look like a set of nipples? Because of the mountains. The, the, the oh, mountains. right. Right. And oh, dude. All right. It's all coming back yeah. to me. Nipples, dude. That's right. Can we say nipple on Twitch? I feel like there's so many rules about nipples on Twitch. Can no, I even can... say it? No, yeah, we can say nipple. You just can't show okay. any. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, my nipples are hard because we have a big announcement. It's big, dude. Yeah. Uh, this isn't a joke. This isn't a bit. If no, you're listening, not. it actually is not. This is real. Uh, this yeah. is not a bit. We have a very big announcement. We are going to be in the next couple of weeks. We are going to be interviewing a real live Hollywood director, actor, and writer, all one person. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but we fucking did it. Uh, we're going to be interviewing a a you know a real Hollywood actor, writer, and director. Yeah, it's um, uh, and it's he's big. big. He's huge, massive. Yeah. So so, no memes. Stay tuned for that. Are we is now? I'm assuming we're gonna be recording that and then releasing it, right? Yeah, our interview yeah. is on a Thursday, I think, right. or a Friday morning or something. So we are actually gonna be pre-recording that and either. I don't know. Like, I don't know if we're doing a full episode with this person or if uh, we're just gonna do an interview and include that in our episode of Hapticast for the next week after that. Right. Um. But let me look at the calendar real quick. So our interview is on the 9th. So I would assume that content would be released on the 13th of December. Yeah, something like that. Because we'll that's usually when the when the podcast yeah. goes up. So uh, I don't want to give away who it is. I don't want to say his name or what projects he's been involved in. Uh, I guess the biggest yeah. hint that I've given so far is that he's a writer, he's a director, and he's an actor. And we're going to be giving one final clue at the end of this episode of Hapticast. So stay tuned when we do the little bit at the end after the whole podcast is over, right before we go off of being live, 
we'll put a little a little teaser up. So uh, very, very excited for that. Yeah. I don't it, even know what else to say. It, well, I'll tell you what, it'll be good. It is good. It's going to it's going to be good. Yeah. And we have a lot of watching to do. Uh, the person has a couple of new stuff coming out in literally two projects in the next month. So right. we have a lot of things we have to watch. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be uh, slick. Yeah. Very slick. Um, all right. So then we have the Abysmal Chronicles for everybody to talk about Superman, something about Superman. I've Brett said, don't read it. So I don't even know what it's about, but something right. about Superman, something about Transformers being leaked, yep. something about Cyberpunk, something about Rockstar. You're really selling Eminem. this. You're selling this episode. Listen, dude. I'm just telling you. And then, of course, the main topic is us talk, get going through and talking about at least the main, you know, awards announced for the Game Awards. Um, yep. I don't know if we're doing anything for the Game Awards or not this year. I feel like last year we talked about not doing another live show for it because it's become mm -hmm. so long and abysmal. But mm -hmm. we could still talk about that, I suppose. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. My only thing is, like, what else are we like? Why wouldn't we like what else is there to do? I don't We're going to watch it. So I like, mean, why wouldn't I, are we? I don't want to sit through fucking four hours of ads. I know, but I feel like we can't not with the announcements that I, I, I guess you're right. I don't know. We'll find. We'll talk about it. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. Anyway. All right. Let's hop right into it. Brett. Media consumption. Let's do it. So let's we'll end with God of War since we'll do we'll do our little just impressions there. Um, yeah. I only have two other things and then I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, well, I see one. I see one of your your entries here, and I'm I'm like, you watched this, and yes. it's confusing me. Mm -hmm. So first of all, uh, Suspiria 1977, the original Suspiria. Watched it again live in person. Was scored by Goblin live, and it was awesome. That's really cool. That's all I have to tell you. That movie is awesome. I love it. I've seen it a bunch. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And watching Goblin score it live was really cool at a really tiny venue in Philly. Um, but it was, it was a good time and they're very talented and I like that. And if you like, you know, horror movies, you know, watch Suspiria, both the original and the, uh, remake. Let me tell you something. Tell this me. is nowhere near as cool as what you saw, but yeah. I think because you and I were talking about this over the weekend, like the Goblin live show, I got an ad today on my Facebook. Yeah. They're doing a live, uh, orchestra performance of the Batman soundtrack. With the movie, like the, the new, new Batman, the new Batman. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Which the soundtrack for that movie actually slaps hard as shit. It's really good. That's Hans Zimmer, right? Yeah. Is he conducting it? I don't know, but it's well, an official DC uh, event. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I would go. Let's go. Let's fucking go. That movie was really good. I regret not going now that I know that uh, to your to your show because now that I know they actually played the movie as well, I would have totally have gone. Yeah, I mean, I I truly didn't know, and there was no, I mean. It, there was no advertisement for it when we got the, like it wasn't anywhere it was just said you know suspiria and i thought it meant the suspi like they were just gonna play the full soundtrack right and then do another set afterwards nowhere did it say you know live scored with the movie or like i wasn't i had no idea so right. like we got there and um the actual how we found out was the person selling merch said we were talking to her and she said something about after the movie. And I was like, Oh, are they playing the movie? She said, yeah, they're going to score the movie live. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's cool. So, uh, it was a good time. They're very talented. And, uh, let's just say, uh, they still have it. So it's good. 
Um, and then the only other thing I have to add is I haven't really been watching or doing anything else because of God of War. But what I have been watching on YouTube is one of the most incredible things I've seen in my entire life. Um, it's a Chris Chan documentary. I cannot believe you're watching this. Have you heard of this documentary? It depends on which one you watch. I it There's is... one that is literally still ongoing. And it has like a million episodes that are like an hour long each. That is the one I'm watching. Okay. Did you start from the beginning? Yes. Oh. First of all, it is really, 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 really well put together as a documentary. Yeah. It really is. Second of all, so there's like f almost 50 episodes now and each are about an hour long. So it's literally like watching a television show. <laughs> um, Holy shit. Is that an abysmal human being? I think that holy shit, Chris Chan could be the most chronicled human being of right. all time, which is what the the documentary posits at the beginning as far as why it's existing. Right, the guy doing it, he's like Christian Chandler, the most documented human being on the face of the planet Earth, and it just yeah. it's nuts, dude. And it goes into like minutia of this human's life, and I find yeah. I am finding it exceedingly riveting. I really am. I truly and the am. best the best part is, dude, like they're only on I think they're up to like twenty nineteen in like the new episode. Like as they're releasing, he's yeah, he's still only on twenty nineteen. Yeah. So there's like two years left. And honestly, the last two years of Chris Chan lore is some of the best, dude. Yeah. Because he's in jail right now. Right. If you didn't know. I, I cannot okay. wait to until to, to arrive at that. And why or she's in why jail, she's in jail now. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, if you don't know who Christian is, I guess we should maybe preface that a little bit. Uh, 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 uh. I can't really explain it, but Christian is this human being that um, has like severe autism and uh, won some kind of a video game competition when they were very young and just have been like filming themselves and putting themselves on YouTube since like the 90s. Well, filming themselves since the 90s and like putting themselves on YouTube since like 2007 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, like just so much about this person's life has been chronicled. And they're known for creating a fan comic for Sonic the Hedgehog and Pokemon called Sonichu, which is their own original idea, their own original property. Um, and they write this comic still to this day uh, with these characters. And he inserts himself or her, she inserts herself. I'm so sorry I'm misgendering them, but um yeah, she inserts herself and her family as characters. Uh, her dad and like Ted Bundy uh, come into the comic at one point as zombies back from the dead. I don't know why Ted Bundy and her dad came at the same time, but I, I it just is a thing that happens. Uh, it's just very interesting. Exceedingly so. Uh, if you're interested, you want to check it out. It's called Chris Chan, A Comprehensive History on YouTube yep. um, by Gino Samuel. And... Um, it's okay. It's actually at 68 episodes yeah. right now. So it's 68 hours of your time. Um, I'll probably be watching it for a year or two until I even get caught up and they're still being released constantly. So I don't even know what else to say. Have um, you gotten to the part about liquid Chris yet? No, that's my favorite saga of no. the Chris Chan saga. I mean, we are, we are, I, I'm in the infancy of it. Okay. You know, so. Well, you know how there's like a liquid snake and a solid snake in uh, Metal Gear? Yeah. Well, there's a liquid Chris, dude. 
Absolutely incredible. I don't know what else to say. Okay. Is that all you got? That is all I have, yes. Okay. Uh, I'll go quick. I did start watching Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh. It is a parody of biopics, and it has all of Weird Al's music in it, and uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Radcliffe? That's yeah. That's his name, right? Yeah. Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe plays Weird Al. Danny Arby. Uh, it's good. I, I like it. It's funny. It has a lot of cameos in it. A lot of good good actors are in it. Uh, having a good time with that. I just haven't mm-hmm. sat down to finish the. Uh-huh. Haven't had the chance to sit down and finish speaking the, uh, of, the last thirty. Speaking of Chris Chan, we have Chris mi- minus the Chan. Sands the Chan in the chat. What's up, Chris? Oh, what's up, solid Chris? Sands the Chan. Anyway, continue. Nice. Um, I have been playing a couple of games. Marvel Snap. I'm not a mobile gamer, but I've been playing Marvel Snap. That game is so fucking awesome. I can't get over how cool it is and good it is and just takes my time away. Uh, Overwatch 2, I haven't really played much, but I have been logging in uh, just every once in a while, playing a couple games. Rayman Legends, Josh. Let's get a platinum update. Do you remember when I told you as a joke, like, oh, dude, I'm going to be playing this till like December. Like, like, I'm going to be playing in December. I'll probably get it by the new year. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like gonna be playing till March. Are you serious, dude? I'm dead serious. What happened? I just miscalculated. And who knows? In March, I might be saying the same thing I just said. Dude, I cannot even believe you're still trying. But good and on I'm you. I'm playing dude. every day. Good on you. <sighs> um, Christian says uh, asked us if you saw the bad news about Overwatch Two currency in game in game currency. I saw that they pushed their update back. I did not see anything about their currency. Okay. We don't know. Let us know. We don't we don't know, yo. Uh Jackbox Party Pack 9. I think I talked about this last week, but we played it again. We finally played the last game on there, and uh it wasn't very good. So there's that. God of War Ragnarok, we'll talk about that in just a minute. And also TV and anime. I'm watching Chainsaw Man, which oh, is yeah. increasingly getting slicker and slicker. And uh big fan. That's good. So, yeah. Anything else before you do God, God of War? War? Nope. All right, real quick. I just want to insert this Chris, uh, about Overwatch 2. Christian says you can earn Overwatch coins quicker by playing League of Legends and turning in your points for Blizzard shop funds and earn Overwatch 2 currency faster. You also earn more than from the challenges included in the game. Broken. I will not be re-downloading League of Legends to do that. So, I was a I'll big League forget. player back in the day. I'll never forget that you were a big League player. I was. I was the best ADC this side of the Mississippi. But uh, I don't know what that means. Well, that's okay. I don't really want to explain it to you. So, okay. Anyway, God of War Ragnarok. So Brett is not very far in, but I do want to say we're going to just give early impressions of the game. Um, minor spoilers, at least for the beginning of the game. Um, but I, I really think if you're watching this video, uh, or this, whatever, um, that you probably are further than Brett. If you're clicking on this, we could call it the first 10 hours, but it's probably not really the first 10 hours. Yeah. Um, probably less than that. So just minor, well, not minor, major spoilers for the beginning of the game. Brett is as a, as a, I guess, tentpole. For so everybody knows how far in are you, Brett? Where in the story, if you can vaguely without spoilers before without spo- yeah, let's let's do that. That way people know if they're safe or not. Okay. I am at a part in the game where I am returning to Alfheim 
Okay. And I just met a squirrel. Okay. That's pretty good non-spoiler way to tell yeah. where I'm at, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think squirrel. that's good. So um, anybody that has not met a squirrel, yes, Brett would have played a different character at this point. Yes. So anybody that hasn't met the squirrel, now is your time to leave. Okay? You've been warned. I'm back in like 10 minutes. Yeah, you've been warned. Or if you're watching, if we do this as a separate video, um, you know, skip just, ahead. just skip ahead or don't watch it. Well, there'll be timestamps in the description. So, yep. Okay, Brett, God of War Ragnarok. It's here. Our most anticipated game of the year, right? Um, What do you think? Just general impressions to start off. I think, and I told I told you this over the weekend. Yeah. I think that while the opening to Ragnarok is strong, mm -hmm. I think God of War One had a more bombastic and intense opening segment. Okay. That being said, the fight with Thor is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And the scene where Odin comes in mm -hmm. with Thor is possibly one of the coolest scenes in video games that I've yeah. played so far. It's like wa like watching a mob movie, basically. Literally a mob movie. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a deal, and uh, you're going to accept my deal, Kratos. And Kratos is like, no. Yeah, listen, yeah, I'm going to need you to not do anything and just kind of sit here and die, all right? And when Kratos gets up and he says... Right. That's it. Um, I think I disagree with you. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. God of War 2018's opening is awesome. But here's the three things, dude. You mentioned two of them. You have the Thor fight, and you have the Odin, Thor, Kratos, Atreus conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But you're missing a key component of that. The very first fight you fight. Oh, with Freya. You fight. No, 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 no. Well, well that, the that's... opening with Freya, too, sure. That's so also Thor. great, yeah. But you're also missing the fight with Loki. The fight with Atreus as the bear. I didn't know Atreus yes. was turning into a bear. I knew I knew Loki was a shapeshifter, but you have that. And that reveal at the end of it when he turns back into it, into Atreus, I think is awesome. So those four things, in the same amount of time as the Balder fight from the first game, I feel like it's just it's just one thing after one thing after one thing after one thing. And that all put together equ equates to an insane opening hour of a video game. I'm with you. I agree. I don't agree that it's better, but I agree that it is insane. Absolutely. And the Freya thing is, I feel like, because that's kind of what starts it all. Right. I think that's a great way to open it. Because before the game came out, we were speculating, like, is it going to pick right up where the ending of uh, God of War, the first God of War, uh, is it going to pick up right where it ends? Right. And it does, but not. It, like, gives you a little bit, like, it creates a little bit of time that right. we actually didn't see at the end of God of War. Right. And then in God of War, you go to sleep and you wake up. Yeah, that still happens here, but there's a little bit of stuff that happens before right. that. It, it, you know, God of War 1 ends before, was it Thimble Winter? Thimble Winter? Yeah. Thimble Winter really starts. Yeah, Thimble, yeah. Um, This is, you know, after Thimble Winter has already started. Right. Um, I think the voice acting is top notch, too. Oh yeah, so far. I mean, just insane uh, across the board. I was we had a conversation. I feel like the weakest voice actor is actually su actually Sunny as Atreus, but I don't know if it's because I think Atreus is a little crybaby. 
um, or if it's because Sonny's just I don't I don't know. Like it just to me like that's the one that sticks out against everybody else. But he's also right. the youngest. I mean I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's definitely the weakest so far, but he is the youngest. So right. I mean, and he's doing his part. He's he's playing the he's being a brat. He's being a you know a, a teenager that doesn't listen to their parents is right. literally the role he's playing. Right. And you and I were talking, and I think there's this moment. We talked about this moment where Mimir is telling Kratos, like, you have to let him fail. He has to learn on his own. Right. And Kratos, like, but I don't want him to, like, I don't want him to get hurt, dude. Like, I'm trying to protect my son. Right. Uh, and obviously Atreus hears this and he goes, oh, I'm going to go off and get into trouble. <laughs> it's like, right. Okay, dude. Like, he literally just doesn't listen. But, yeah, I, I love the characters. I love the voice acting. I mean, let's talk about the characters so far. So, uh, obviously, Freya's back. She's right. unhinged. She's upset that Baldur's dead, and you know Kratos killed her. Mm-hmm. Killed him, um, or did Kratos kill him, or did uh, Atreus kill him? Mm-hmm. I guess it's up for interpretation. Um, so Freya is back, and she's great. More of the same. Um, Mimir is awesome like he was in the first game and they flesh him out a lot. Yeah. He actually has a side quest right in the beginning of the game where they kind of like paint mm-hmm. him as like, not an asshole, but like he did something that he really, really regrets. Yeah. He really, really wishes that he could take it back. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to fix his wrongs. He's trying to right his wrongs, but he learns like sometimes like the damage is done. Right. Uh, and it also paralleled like Kratos' story a little bit too. Right. So it was really interesting. But and in, I, in that him. quest line specifically, Kratos is almost the one imparting wisdom into yes. Mimir. Absolutely. There's a lot of instances in this game where that is the case. Yeah. I really enjoy that. I, I love the banter when they're in the boat together and they're just telling stories and stuff. Mm-hmm. So big fan of Mimir. Brock and Sindri are back. Uh, Sindri back. really shines in this game. He does. Brock, not so much, at least where I'm at. He hasn't really gotten the chance to shine. Sindri, though, man, I Brock, love these two. Brock gets his moments, don't worry. Okay. Later. Yeah, I oh, love yeah. those two guys. Yeah, Sindri's cool. Um, who else? Uh, so we we meet Odin. I've only seen Odin in one scene so far, and uh, he's literally a mobster. He's a mob boss. He's so good, dude. He's yeah. such a good because right, like you know, Odin's the villain, right? He is, but everything he says is presented as like, hey, like come on, like blah 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 blah. And you're like, yeah, dude, you're right. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I think you're right. And then somebody else is like, "Ah, Odin's a fucking piece of shit, dude. I don't know. And I'm sitting here listening to him like, I don't know. Is he? I guess he is. I mean, like, I know he is. But, like, is he? I don't know. Right. You know? Which is good. Yeah. Because he's a good villain. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm really excited to see more of him. Uh, Well, I'm not because I think it's going to be very bad for Kratos and Atreus if they do see him again. Um, But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then we meet Thor who we've been waiting to see and he's menacing dude. He's unhinged. He's unhinged. You literally killed his fucking kids. Yeah. Uh, he's not happy. And he, he was, you know, he was willing to put it all aside too. If he just, if Kratos just took Odin's offer. Right. I don't know if I a hundred percent believe that, but I don't know either, but he did offer him a drink. You know, he was being, he was being courteous. Cordial. Sure. Hey, I know you killed both my sons, but let's uh, sit down and have a drink. 
Right. So the fight with him was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it not dragged on a little bit, but like I felt like I was just like mashing this dude over and over again. Like it was getting a little repetitive, but uh, I liked how Thor was just like over and over again saying, you know, show me the God of War, like show me the, the son mm-hmm. of Sparta. Like, you know what I mean? Like show me that Kratos. You know what my favorite part of that fight was? What's that? Where you die. Yeah. And, and then the game is meta about being a game. Where yeah. it pops up with the with the death screen, and then Thor's like, yeah. "No, you don't yeah. get to die now." Yeah, and it brings you back, and I was like, "That is awesome." That, that is was awesome. fucking cool because I did think I I thought I died. Yeah, I was getting my butt handed to me, which yeah. I think is the intent, obviously. So right, it's like one of those Dark Souls moments where you're supposed to die. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, who else do we meet? Um, oh, Tear. So Tear is a hmm. new character. Uh. We've heard of Tyr in the last game. Yeah. We finally, we meet and free Tyr. Literally climbed the statue in the first game. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, Atreus just has this concept in his head that we need to, we need to free Tyr, dude. He's going to lead this army. We're going to fucking lead this army to war. That's how we're going to beat Odin. And um, Kratos is not having it, dude. He is not having it. And then we meet Tyr and Tyr is like, just the most useless man that you could ever get to lead an army. Uh, and I like that. I like that he is the complete opposite of what you would assume. He is not Kratos. He is the complete opposite of Kratos. And at this point in the story, I don't know if he was ever anything different. I don't know if the stories about him are true. I don't know if he's just like a completely different man now after being imprisoned. But uh, I like that he is, you know, timid and just fed up and, even at one point literally said, well, can you just kill me? Because Ragnarok is coming and I don't want to live through Ragnarok. Um, I don't know. I found that really, really cool and compelling. And he's also just massive. He's a massive man. He's big. Yeah. He's bigger than Kratos. And that moment he where he stands up yeah, in front of Kratos was cool. is just really cool. cool. Um, real quick, let's touch on. So you played as Atreus, right? I did play as Atreus. What yeah. do you think? I think it's cool. It's cool that they are doing that and i have a sneaking suspicion that the rest of the game it's going to have those you know two characters kratos and atreus splitting off every once in a while and telling two stories at once Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know how i feel about that but i guess we'll see when we get there if it really happens or not and um i liked playing as atreus i think his abilities were cool using the bow and arrow was cool um i've only done it once so i really don't i can't speak to it too much there's not a lot of variety in what he can do. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like with Kratos, it's so much more fun because you do have the blades and you have the axe. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a different play style. I mean, uh, Sindri does throw random objects out of like a bag. Yeah, as well, that shit's funny, dude. Which is funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my favorite part of playing as Atreus was having Sindri as a companion. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah. Anything anything else you want to touch on? I do want to just voice my negatives yeah, quickly go ahead. before we move on. Um, first of all, the travel stuff on PS5, the fact that I still have to go to the realm between realms to fucking run around to wait for the fucking door to spawn to go somewhere else triggers me. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that is there to stay the whole game. <laughs> um, that really, really frustrated me a lot. Um, and then the other thing that I don't 
love is much like the first game there's like some little stuff that like i feel like because it's the, the narrative and all that stuff the scripted stuff is so well done that when there's issues like in the real world there's it like they really stand out so i have personally encountered several more like bugs visual glitches all those things i've had the game crash on me again so that's the second time mm. um i doesn't look like that is common for most people but i did just like the visual glitches like one or two that's fine but like it's constantly like i i like see enemies clipping through walls like before i go into arena like i see enemies t-posing and like you know what i mean so like there's mm. certain things are like come on man for the most part i think it's fine but like little things like that do keep um coming up so yeah and that's surprising i mean i'm uh, so early in but for me i haven't had a single crash mm -hmm. i haven't experienced any glitches any bugs any visual issues i am having like such a great experience Good. that that's one of my my pluses is like this Good. game is optimized and it's so great to have a game that isn't a piece of shit yeah you know oh i'm not calling it a piece of shit i'm just saying saying it's so good that the things that are not good really stand out right but and i'm also fair. i'm also like 100 percenting it like i'm really playing it very thoroughly which i know most people probably won't do or at least the majority of people won't do um yeah. so that's could be why you know but i don't know i felt like it was at least worth mentioning for sure i think it yeah definitely is so all right anything okay. else no, that's that's all I have to say about God of War. I'm excited uh, to talk about it some more, and maybe we'll do like a final review once we both finish the game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's I have it. no idea how much more I have left. Um, yeah. And I know you definitely have a lot more left than I have left. Right. So maybe you know eventually we'll do that. But that is our early impressions of uh, God of War Ragnarok. So that's right. All right. Well, it's already seven o'clock Eastern, so we really need to get this show on the road. If you don't mind, can you roll the intro to our podcast, please? Ladies and gentlemen, let's hop right into the show. Uh, we're going to start off right here, like we always do with the Abysmal Chronicles. It's a little section of our podcast where we talk about some stories that are just a little bit too abysmal to make it as our main topic. Josh, I think moving forward, we're going to adjust this. And I didn't okay. talk to you about this behind the scenes. I forgot. Okay. Uh, I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. No, I, don't I think this would be so much more appealing if we had the Abysmal Chronicles and the slick stories and all of the negative abysmal stories that are bad, we put in the abysmal chronicles and all of our slick stories we put in the slick stories. Sure. I think that makes sense because I don't want to, not everything's abysmal in the abysmal chronicles. There's just some things we're just not good enough to make it as the main topic. Sure. So that's fine with me. All right. Well, 
We'll do it. Okay. Uh, video game releases, guys. We have a couple of games coming out this week. First of all, Warzone 2 is coming out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, NS, PS4, and Xbox One on November 16th. I don't really even know what that is. I know what Warzone is. I don't know why there's a 2. Because it's new. Okay. Goat Simulator 3 is coming out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. Uh, and that's coming out on November 9th. Uh, sorry, November 17th. This yep. one is is big, the next one. The yeah. Dark Picture Anthology, The Devil in Me, is coming out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, PS4, and Xbox One on November 18th. That's right. I literally could not even believe that that game was coming out. I know, and that's the one that takes place in the uh, motel. Right. Where people are getting killed, so I'm excited for that one. It's like yeah. a serial killer. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are coming out. November 18th. I cannot believe that this is like already coming out. There's too much shit coming out. I might <clears throat> I might be skipping Pokemon for a while. I don't know if that's the right choice, man. I'm hearing this one's really good. That's fine, but I don't really like, have any interest in playing it right now, to be honest uh, with you. I feel like the last couple of ones have been mediocre, but this one apparently is uh, a strong one. I, don't, I still don't even play Arceus. I don't know. That's a good point. Uh, not that you need to, but yeah, it's a good point. And this one is, uh, it's also out already, if you mm -hmm. know what I mean. So you, you can play this one um, whenever, if you know what I mean. Uh, Evil West is coming out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, SNX, PS4, and Xbox One on November 22nd. And I'm hearing good stuff about that one, too. Yeah, same. So, All right, let's hop into our stories. The first one is definitely a contender for the Abysmal Chronicles. This is a really bad story. Yeah. So in, in our document, you put for me, a note for me, <clears throat> you said, do not read. You told me not to read it. I wrote, this one is long, but super fucking abysmal. Do not read, Josh. Hit me. <clears throat> All right, Josh. A popular free Superman Unreal Engine 5 demo has been stolen and sold as an $11 game on Steam. Oh, yeah? This is coming from Eurogamer. So stay with me here. This just gets worse and worse and worse as we go along. It's a little long, but I feel like every every part that I read here is going to be very important. I'm with you. An eye-catching Superman demo made in Unreal Engine 5 and widely circulated online earlier this year has been taken and sold on Steam as an $11 game. The original proof-of-concept demo titled A Superman-Style Flight Experience, Unreal Engine 5, was created by Toybox Games' Tyson Butler Bo Boshma. Utilizing the city sample from Epic Games' The Matrix Awakens as a sandbox for superhero flight. So what that means is uh, the Matrix demo that was released on console and on uh, PC, you can use that as an asset now, that whole city. Right, right. And he made it a Superman demo, right? Yeah, I'm watching the footage as you speak, so. Uh, in April, Butler Bashma made the playable demo freely available via itch.io, but unfortunately, it's here that things begin to go awry. At the start of November, Butler Bashma was alerted to the fact that an entity calling itself Hero Game Studios had taken his demo and started selling it on Steam under the name Heroes City Superman Edition with an asking price of $10.99 US dollars. Initially, Butler Bashma urged his followers to retreat, re retweet his concerns and report the game on Steam. 
Later, however, as Hero City Superman Edition continued to be sold despite his best efforts, he took to its Steam discussion boards to warn people, potential purchasers, to stay away. Whereupon Hero Game Studios banned him under the guise of hate speech. So they silenced him when he was trying to stop them and let people know that his game was being sold. And it's his game. So Butler Boschma's next step was to purchase a copy of Hero City mm. Superman Edition in order to leave a Steam review where he could share his story in more detail. Yeah. He said, quote, I made this demo myself months ago as a proof of concept using mostly free assets. If they took it and put it on Steam for free, I wouldn't have really cared, but they are selling it, making wild claims and taking people's money, using pure lies and dragging my name through the mud in the process. Uh, it's worth noting here that I don't have it in the notes, but the beginning of the demo actually has a quote from Butler Bashma with his name there. <laughs> so it truly is dragging his name through yeah. the mud, and it is a rip, yeah. Uh, so Hero Game Studios has responded to the review, insisting that, quote, our game is not stolen, and has claimed that Butler Bashma was one of the former developers of their team who left a long time ago. But now he claims the entire project belongs to him, but it's completely false. The game's rights and development process belong entirely to us. The reason why he did this is because the sales were inc increasing quite rapidly, and he thinks he can make money from it. So what do you think there? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I guess I could understand both of those points without knowing more specifically to it. But also, my bigger question is, how would Steam allow this to be listed with, like, out licensing of Superman? I don't, like, how can you collect money off of an IP that you don't own? I don't think it's actually Superman in the model. Oh, okay. It just looks like him. Okay. But th they are literally using the name Superman. Right. Now, I want to tell you, it is not true. He was not a member of this team. Okay. So I, I should clarify, that was all a lie. Okay, well then they're bad. Okay. Uh, so there's more. Okay. <laughs> um, while Hero Game Studios' claims appear dubious based on the timeline of events, that didn't stop it from pursuing Butler Bashma further, going as far as to launch a copyright claim on a YouTube video that he made back in April to showcase the Superman demo. Quote, they are straight up attacking and harassing me at this point, and I don't feel safe providing my personal information for a counterclaim on YouTube. Uh, I am at a complete loss at this point. Steam has done nothing, and now I feel the same will happen with YouTube. Yeah. So he didn't want to give his information for the counterclaim, which makes sense, because then they would have even more information to lie and say, right. oh, well, his name is this, 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 and you know what I mean? Right. So very abysmal. The good news is that finally, after two weeks, the copyright claim on Butler Boschma's video has been resolved and Valve has at long last pulled Heroes City Superman Edition from sale. Although questions remain about how it managed to make it through the platform submission process in the first place. Right. So is he suing these people at all or what's going on? I don't know. This is as far as we've gotten. Uh, the story is from Eurogamer. So thank you, Eurogamer, for supplying the story and writing the story out, collecting the series of events. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's all we're at right now. I, I'd say stay tuned to uh, 
the Butler. What's his first name? Uh, Tyson Butler Bashma. Go check out his Twitter. I'm sure he'll be updating on what's going on. This sounds like a, a foreign company kind of yeah. just like doing this. I doubt any legal action will ever come. Sounds like a case for the video game lawyer, dude. You remember him? I do remember him. Yeah. So sounds like uh, he should get on this. Yeah. I thought you would like that one. It's uh copyright. Yeah. It's pretty abysmal. Yeah. Also, it's just abysmal that you would release it for free as like a proof of concept. Just like, look at this cool thing that I did. Somebody else just straight rips it. And how does it get through certification at Steam to get lit? Like, I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's many games that are published on itch.io also published on Steam since itch.io is a free platform. Right. So, I don't know. Also, I mean, it's just a bunch of free assets, right? Right. It's an asset flip. Yeah. So, hey, man. There's Not a lot good. of those on Steam. Oh, sure. Not good. All right, next story. Transformers fans, I got big news for you. A Gen 1 looter shooter in the Transformers universe is coming. Uh, Transformers Rise. The cutscenes have allegedly leaked ahead of an announcement, uh, plus some concept art leaked as well. So this is all coming from a website called Twisted Voxel. Uh, cutscenes from the longtime rumored Transformers Rise game, which is allegedly developed by Certain Affinity, have been leaked ahead of an official announcement. YouTuber DPZ Luna has shared what appear to be leaked cutscenes from the unannounced Transformers Rise game that is allegedly in development at Certain Affinity. They claim to have obtained this footage from an undisclosed source. Josh, the footage has been removed from a copyright claim. I saw that. Therefore, it's real. That's right. According to leaked concept art, which leaked just before the videos, the game will be a triple-A looter shooter in the G1 Transformers world, and it may be out surprisingly soon. So the initial assumption about this game was that it was some kind of MMO aimed at the Chinese market where Transformers is very popular. Mm -hmm. Certain Affinity has repeatedly tried to downplay this, despite the publisher being Tencent subsidiary uh. Liu, which in turn owns Digital Extremes and Splash Damage. They also own a 20% stake in Certain Affinity itself. But the suggestion at the moment is that the game is a third-person shooter set in its own storytelling universe. So it is a not a direct tie-in to the upcoming movie Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I didn't even know they were making a new Transformers movie. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't either. Un unfortunately, this game sounds... Well, fortunately, this game sounds slick. Unfortunately, you know my stance on Tencent. So. Right. Uh, the last major Transformers game was Transformers Battleground, which was made available for Microsoft Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on December 23, 2020. And since Activision's previous game development license has expired, this is the first game in the series to be released on consoles and PC. Um, I'm here to tell you that I heard that the cutscenes looked really bad. Really? And I don't know if that is because they were early or what, but yeah. I'm hearing from people that it's it's not great. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. The concept sounds pretty cool. It's a looter shooter in Transformers. Yeah. Um, playing as Transformers is always fun. Transformers Battleground was actually kind of fun. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking we might see this at the Game Awards, dude. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, it's Hollywood, especially with Tencent grubby little fingers being all over that Level Infinite. Remember, we're gonna have 80 trailers from Level Infinite, right? Which is owned by Tencent. Well, I mean, well it's, it's not owned by Tencent. It is Tencent's company established in the United States. 
Right. So. But I think that like they could totally have like Mark Wahlberg or whoever is in the movie come out on the game awards as they always do and talk about the movie and then play this trailer for the oh. game. You know, that's what they usually do. So, yeah. You heard it here. Coming at the game awards. All right. Josh. Yep. I know you're a big fan of cyberpunk edge runners. That's right. I got good news for you. I know you do. We're not getting a season two of the anime, but we are getting a cyberpunk edge runners video game. No, sorry. Game. Yeah, I was going to say ain't a video game, but continue. I said I said that so that you could um, put that part in the beginning of the video when it goes up as its own. And I say video game and people were like, what? And then I say, no, video game. Uh, I'm sorry, board game. And then you got to hook them, you know? Yeah. So Cyberpunk 2077 owes its rich lore to our Talsorian Games, the developer that created Cyberpunk Tabletop's universe, uh, which came out in the 1980s. Right. But when CD Projekt video game series launched in 2020, Cyberpunk Red, the latest iteration of the tabletop role-playing game, launched just one month ahead of it. Right. Now, our Talsorian is going back to the well, developing a new starter set for its revitalized TTRPG based entirely on the hit Netflix series Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Yep. Josh, I think you have Cyberpunk Red or something. I got it for you for I Christmas do. or something. I have it. Yep. Well, now we can use this as an expansion for that. Yeah. If we have uh, Listen, I'm, well, we should. I'm here for it. I like Edge Runners. I think Edge Runners did a better job exploring the lore mm -hmm. um, of Cyberpunk than the game did itself, um, at least from a narrative perspective. And um, yeah, I think this is awesome, and I'm in. And uh, I'll be interested to really see how they do touchstones with whatever campaign or like sets, whatever they're adding to this, or <clears throat> items, areas, whatever, from the show into the actual game itself. Right. So, um, so the the board game, the expansion is going to be called Cyberpunk Edge Runners Mission Kit, okay. and it's just a starter set for Cyberpunk Red. Sure. The interesting thing here is Josh, and it kind of lends itself to what you just said in that Edge Runners was better than the game. Yeah. This is actually the first time anything from Cyberpunk's 2077 era is going to be included in Cyberpunk the board game the wow. RPG. Um. So it says here, uh, what's interesting is that tabletop fans know that Cyberpunk Red and Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart Kit and all published materials that followed takes place in 2045. Right. So this is the first time we're actually getting anything from 2077 in terms of the tech, the fiction, the world, all the stuff that you see in that in that world and that timeline is now going to be introduced into Cyberpunk Red. So right. Again, it's it, it you know they didn't make a Cyberpunk 2077 expansion. They are sh straight up making a Edge Runners expansion. So it, that's just telling how much better. How much better it is. That's, all that's all right. You need to know. All right, and I think this is the last story I have in the Abysmal Chronicles. Um, Rockstar apparently turned down an Eminem-led Grand Theft Auto film. This is coming from IGN. So games industry veteran Kirk Ewing, a friend of Rockstar co-founder Sam and Dean Hauser, or Dan Hauser, I'm sorry, told Bugsy Malone's greatest game podcast for Eurogamer, so many fucking words, that an L.A. producer once approached him with a $5 million offer to buy the rights to a Grand Theft Auto movie starring Eminem 
with Top Gun helmer Tony Scott in the director's chair. Wow. What an amalgamation of humans. I mean, that whole paragraph was just a lot of fucking... Honestly, I I was not about it, and now I'm about it. I want it. Why'd you turn it down, Rockstar? So this was back in, like, 2001. Bring it back. Ewing and Sam had allegedly discussed the possibility of a movie adaptation or tie-in following the launch of GTA 3 in 2001. When the offer for a Grand Theft Auto movie was eventually put on the table, the brothers declined the deal, telling Ewing that they were, quote, not interested in going down that route, and that they're... And that is where the conversations ended. Um, at that point, Ewing explained they withdrew from any conversation about making a film when they realized the media franchise that they had was bigger than any movie that was going on at the time. It's true. So it's true. I mean, it's yeah. still the case with their IPs. I don't think. Yeah. See, that's the thing. People don't realize how big video games are. They make more money per capita per person than. A single movie ever will ever, right? Well, like God of War Ragnarok, it just had a huge launch. Video games are the largest form of entertainment in the world, yeah. right? So, if anything, you should be making video games instead of movies. So, and not only that, it's the you can sell them for seventy bucks a pop, right? And and like getting it illegally is much harder than getting a yeah. film or a music, right? Right. So, yeah, man, they're just raking in the dough with yeah. video games. Anyway, interesting little story. I like Eminem. I like all those people, but, you know, probably for the best. I like um, more than all of those people, Bugsy Malone's greatest, grandest game podcast. So never heard of it in my life. Neither have I. Bugsy Malone is a musical, actually. And I'm not sure if I guess it's a musical based off of a character or something like that or a real person. But I'm telling you right now, Bugsy Malone is a musical. So. Interesting. All right, well, if you want to be like Bugsy Malone and the Slick Boys here at Haptic Intel, I'll tell you what you can do. You can go over to W.GG. If you didn't know, Haptic Intel is sponsored by W Energy. And W was formulated to give you, Josh, and all of our viewers and all of our listeners, the focus and energy that you need with no jitters or crashes. Uh, Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented Neurofactor. There's no calories, there's no sugar, there's no artificial colors, there's no fillers, there's none of the bad stuff, only the good stuff. Your current energy drink may cost anywhere from 2 to $3 per can, but I'm here to tell you, W costs $1 per drink. So if you find it hard to work or study, use code SLICK, that's S-L-I-C-K, use code SLICK to save on W at W.GG. Save 10% on your W.GG order by using code SLICK. And... uh Listen, that doesn't just mean you get the powder or the cup. You get a shirt, you get a hat, you get a sticker pack. You get a Haptic Intel branded W mug, which doesn't exist yet, but maybe it will one day. And you save 10% on all of it. So W.GG, go check it out. We're big fans. Josh is a big fan. I'm a big fan. Our viewers are big fans. So That's right. I've Definitely. finished an entire bottle already. So. That's right. I don't have anything to drink today. I, I forgot to bring something. So, But if I did bring a W, it would only have been a dollar a drink. So, okay, Brett. Game Gosh. Awards were announced. Jeff Keighley yeah. and his team announced them via live stream yesterday. That's right. Okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna run through the categories. We're not doing the esports categories. We'll tell you the nominees. We'll give you our quick impressions. We'll probably talk more about the larger categories. Okay. How about we tell we tell everyone what game what game we would vote for personally, not okay. our prediction of what's gonna win. Oh yeah, no, this isn't a predictions thing. 
we'll just do the game that we want to win. Okay, got it. So let's do this rapid fire quickly at the top, and then we'll talk more about the big ones. Most anticipated game. We have Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. My pick is Resident Evil 4. Yeah, despite coming out very shortly, uh, Resident Evil 4 is my pick as well. Yeah. Okay. Best Adaptation. Arcane, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, Cuphead Show, Sonic Hedgehog 2, Uncharted. It's Edge Runners. My pick is Edge Runners. Yeah, I can't go. Has to. That's the one. It's the best one on this list. Has to win. It's also the only one I've seen on well, that list. There you have it. Best debut indie Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, Vampire Survivors. I've played Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors has to take. I'm taking Vampire Survivors all the way, all day. Also, not nominated for indie game. And also not nominated for Game of the Year, both of which are travesties. That's right. Okay, content creator of the year. Carl Jacobs, Ludwig, Nabellian, Nobru, and QT Cinderella. I don't know who half these people are, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not. I don't know who half. That's 100%. Has to be. I agree, but also. All right, best multiplayer. Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, Overwatch 2 fucking sucks. Multiverses sucks. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't played Splatoon. We played the beta for Modern Warfare 2. TMNT. Yeah, I'm giving this one to TMNT as well. Okay, here we go. Uh, Again, not a prediction, but no. what I would pick. Just gut reactions. Right. All right. This one, I really don't think we have much to say about it, but I'll let you, if you want to, sports... Best Sports Slash Racing, F122, FIFA 23, NBA 2K23, Gran Turismo 7, and Ali Ali World. I've heard really good things about Ali Ali World. So, thoughts? Um, Ali Ali World would be a really cool one to have win because it's kind of different than all the others. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to say Ali Ali. Yeah, but I, I can't really speak to anything else. Yeah. So, all right. Best Sim Slash Strategy Game. Dune Spice Wars is out. Guess it is. Okay, Dune Spice Wars, Mario Rab Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, Total War Warhammer Three, Two Points Campus, and Victoria Three. I don't know anything about any of these. Neither do I. I have Two Points Campus on my Steam Deck, but that's about all I can tell you. So, gut reaction. Uh, I like Dune. I would go for Dune, but I also heard great things about Two Points Campus. But I we don't have much else to add. Best family game. This one, we do have stuff to add. Well, we have for two of them. Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga, Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Sports, and Splatoon 3. Whew. What do you think? I'm going Nintendo Switch Sports, baby. I think, honestly, I am too. We're bringing back the Wii. Yeah. Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga was just not, not what I wanted it to be. It actually, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. And then when I played it, I was like, I don't want this. So. Right. Uh, best fighting game. D DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, King of Fighters 15, Multiverses, and Sifu. I think it's interesting it's... that Sifu was on here. Yeah, I guess you think of, when you think of fighter fighting game, you think of like an actual fighting game, but that is a fighting game. You fight in it, but. True. Untraditional. Yeah, Sifu also not nominated for Game of the Year, so I'd like to see it win this category. Um, I would. I haven't played it. I would vote for Multiverses here. Wow, I would not. That game is garbage. Huh? Not cool, dude. 
best role-playing game. All right, here we go. Elden Ring, Live Alive, Pokemon <clears throat> Legends Arceus, Project Triangle Strategy, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I have bad. Elden have Ring bad and Xenoblade also nominated for Game of the Year. What's that? I have real bad news for you. What? It's going to be a bloodbath. Elden Ring and God of War are going to clean up all the awards this year. Mm-hmm. And it is going to disappoint some people. The Game of the Year. I anticipate one game is going to win all of the... Like, Elden Ring is going to win all of these, and something like God of War is going to come in and win Game of the Year. Okay. What would, your, my what would your pick be out of all these? The, the, out of these ones here, Elden Ring. I agree. And I think that's why we're having a problem here. Yeah. Because as we go forward, Elden Ring is going to win, and God of War is going to win all of them. Yeah. Best action adventure game, Plague Tale, Requiem, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon, Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. God of War. It's a good list. I beat Horizon Forbidden West. I'm real far in God of War. God of War is better. God of War wins. I don't know what else to tell you. Even though I love Horizon Forbidden West and Stray. And I think Tunic right. is a great game. Best action game. Bayonetta 3, Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Now, Brett, I have to tell you. The Modern Warfare 2, which, oh, I didn't even put that on the list for the beginning of the game, that or beginning of the podcast. I beat the Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Nice. I have to tell you, it's the only one I've played on this list, but also, it's fucking, it's an awesome campaign. I thought you played Sifu. You played Sifu, didn't you? No. Oh. I have Sifu, but I didn't play it. Gotcha. Anyway, thoughts? Um, I mean, look at the category. For the best game in the action genre, focus primarily on combat. That that sounds like Sifu. It does. Although, um, maybe, I mean, I haven't played Neon White, White yet, so it's hard for me to say. I don't know. Neon White is interesting. Yeah. And I've I heard, can see it. I can see it sneaking in. I've heard really conflicting things about Bayonetta 3. So. Yeah, me too. Anyway, okay. Best VR AR. After the Fall, Among Us VR, Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, Red Matter 2. I've heard great things about Moss, and I've heard great things about Moss Book 2. I think Bone Lab. It, well, it's not a prediction. Oh, special. I've heard a good thing about Bone Lab too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll vote Moss Book too, just because I I like Moss. Okay. Innovation and accessibility. Um, as Dust Falls, God of War, Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, Last of Us Part One, and The Quarry. I know once again, you know, PlayStation kind of leading the charge with this, and I know for a fact God of War Ragnarok has to win this category. So. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Last of Us Part One sneaked this one in. Yeah. But much like Last of Us Part Two, God of War Ragnarok is kind of redefining some accessibility features. So, right. Okay, best community support. <sighs> no Man's Sky, Fortnite, Final Fantasy fourteen, Destiny two, and Apex Legends. I don't vote for any of these. Actually, I do. It's No Man's Sky. I vote No Man's Sky. Let's redeem them. Yeah. Best mobile game. So you can speak to this. Apex Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. I feel like Genshin Impact, I haven't played it, but I feel like that is more of like a console experience on your phone. Yeah. Um, so like if they're going by like the best game, like play, like best gameplay, like that one's probably gonna win. Um, but Marvel Snap is my favorite game I've played on my phone in a long time. Okay. Best indie. Here we go. Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. My vote would be Stray, just because it's the one I've 100%ed on all of this. 
I'm going to go with uh, Neon White. Wow. Okay. Only one I've played. Fair. Best ongoing. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, 14, Fortnite, Genshin Impact. I'm here to tell you, I don't care. I don't have a vote. Yeah, I don't really have a say in it. Fortnite. Games for Impact. Uh, a Memoir Blue, As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper. I've heard terrible things about As Dusk Falls. I can't believe that's on here. Uh, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, and I Was a Teenage Exo Colonist. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to vote because I haven't played any of these. But Same. my favorite part of the Game Awards is it actually is like a curated list of these games that you probably should play. Yeah. All of them that are nominated for every category. So this one is like the one that I actually look forward to the most every year because these are usually short, meaningful game experiences that I wouldn't have heard about or mm-hmm. played otherwise. Didn't so, um didn't you play Donut County that one year because it was nominated for this? I did, yeah. yeah. And then I played it and it was good. I've heard good things about I was a teenage exocolonist. Same. If I had to go gut, it would be that. But again, this isn't predictions. But that's what that's what my horse would be. We'll see. Also, I again, I want to just reiterate. I I think As Dust Falls got really bad reviews, so I'm surprised to see this on here. So yeah, but it was an Xbox Game Studios game. So it was scoring that game blue. So best performance: uh, Ashley Birch for Aloy and Horizon Forbidden West, Charlotte for Charlotte McBurney for I don't know in a Plague Twelve Requiem, Christopher Judge as Kratos and God of War Ragnarok. Oh, this is cool. Man engage. Um, I forget her name. Well, she plays several characters actually in Immortality. Oh, nice. Um, that's really cool to see her on here. And then uh, Sonny Soljic for Kratos and God of War Ragnarok. Atreus. Sorry, yes. They're both they're both just Kratos. Um, Boy. I think all these people are good, but actually, my pick would be Man and Gage, dude. Now, it's interesting because it's, you know, live action. She's live action recorded for the game. Right. It's best performance. That's true. I, she plays several characters, and I mean, listen, this is me talking to you. I, I mean, I, I can't speak to a playtale, but I played the rest of these games. I think Manon is my pick. I think she did a great job in that game. So, here's I'm gonna give you something right now. Okay. I love Kratos. I love Atreus. Um, I played God of War and I played Ragnarok now. I also have played Horizon Zero Dawn and a little bit of Forbidden West. And I'm here to tell you that Ashley Birch needs some fucking respect on her name. She does, you're and, right. And you know what? I'm going to go with her, dude. Listen, she gives a performance of a lifetime in Horizon, no doubt. No doubt. Especially also, Forbidden West. Yeah, and little known fact, she's also my Yushi from... Uh, from Steinsgate. So. Yeah. Listen, I'm really okay with all these people winning. I've heard great things about Plague Tale as well. Um, but you're right. Ashley Birch is a fucking, literally the goat. So she should be up there with like, uh, what's her name, dude? Laura Bailey and all them. Like she's Absolutely. on that same level. She actually did a lot of voice acting under a fake name before she was Ashley Birch. Yeah, she's awesome, dude. Listen, listen. So you know, I love her. I know. I'm just saying some respect needs to get put there. Yeah. All right. Best audio design, Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Grand Turismo 7, Horizon Forbidden West. I'm here to tell you right now, it's it's Elden Ring. I don't know what else you want me to say. You go around that open world, you know exactly what's going on at all times with no HUD. That's all you need to know. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Dr. Disrespect would be fucking 
screaming right now if you saw that this game was nominated for what best a joke. audio design. What a joke. Seriously. Yeah. All right, best score and music. This is a category. Plague yeah, Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Holy shit. The, the top three right here are Elden Ring, God of War, and Metal Hellsinger. And yeah. honestly, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, This might be the most competitive category. There is some really cool shit that happens in Elden Ring. Like you pointed out that the two there's the two boss fights, and then when they fight at the same time, they like mix the music together. Like there is some really cool shit going on. Um, but I don't know if any composer has ever nailed a feeling and just the vibe of the work of art as much as Barry McCreary has with God of War and Ragnarok. Yeah. Metal Hellsinger is great in that it's the genre of music that I actually listen to in my spare time when I'm just trying to listen to music. Uh, and it's good so far, but I don't think it can compare to the way the music is used in Elden Ring and God of War. Yeah. I think it's a personally it'd be a toss up. I mean, those are the top three. It'd be a toss up for me between Elden Ring and God of War. Ugh, dude, that's too hard for me to pick. Yeah, I think I think God of War is the to me. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased because I love Bear, but it just hits the nail on the head from a technical standpoint. I think Elden Ring is actually better, but I think Bear McCreary is just the goat, dude. He knows what he's doing, dude. He does. Uh, all right, best art direction. Here we go. This is an interesting category. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. I played all of these games. It's Scorn. Yeah, so much care and thought put into that. Some would argue that's all that was put into that game. It is all that was put into that. It's visually one of the most incredible games I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. That's where that statement ends. But that's just my pick. What about you? I'm going to go with Scorn as well. I haven't even played it, but I, I've seen it, and I think that one's good. Well, no no uh, predictions, but yeah, I think that one would win. Best narrative, Plague Tale, Elden Ring, God of Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality. I've played four out of five of these games. To be continued. You have to finish God of War? I have to finish God of War, and I have to finish Immortality. Well, the thing is, Immortality, I'm like 90% done, but I'm trying to collect every fucking reel, so... I don't even know how much I've left of that game. I know how to end it. I'm just not ending it yet. Right. I'm not going to answer this one because I've only played one of the games to completion. Yeah. Best game direction. Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, and Stray. Once again, have played all of these. Same thing for the last category. I still don't think I have an answer for you. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer this question just yet. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And then Game of the Year, Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah. I still don't think I can answer this this yet. You'll have to wait till our, till our Have to Kintel Game Awards yeah. prediction special. But while we're on this, and then we'll wrap up. I know we had a little technical glitch with added some time, but do you think there's any snubs? Any big snubs? I think there's one major one for me. What's that? Um, Vampire Survivors. Yeah. No memes. Pound for pound, that game deserves to be on this list with all these. No no joke. Seriously. No joke. And yeah. honestly, it deserves to be here more than Stray does. And I, mind you, I'm almost platinum Stray. I finished Stray 100% at everything. The only thing I have to do is this fucking speed run to get to platinum. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's weird that Xenoblade is up here for Game of the Year. Um, I don't. I haven't heard one way or another. I'm not a Xenoblade fan. I'd love to get in that series, but I don't know. Yeah, just from what I've heard, uh, I just haven't heard the best things for it to be considered Game of the Year next to all of these. Now, I, I think there could be some snubs in turn, terms of like games that win awards that snub games that we think should win awards. I think it's very possible that one game could go the whole night without winning a single award. Like, uh, like Elden Ring could totally just win every award that it's up against God of War in, and God of War could go home with nothing, or yep. vice versa. You know, it could happen. Uh, and there's also the fact that like someone could just be like, "Yeah, dude, a Plague Tale is like game of the year, man. That's it." <laughs> like that not one a, wins. Not a 30 FPS. It's not. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't know. I think that there could be some snubs. I mean, remember uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, mm-hmm. the infamous uh, Game yeah. Awards Well, I, I meant snubs as far as... Uh, Games that weren't nominated. Yeah, yeah, exclusions from the list. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Vampire uh, Survivors is definitely one of them. 100%. And Immortality, I think, also deserves to be on this list, too. And also Inscription. That might have been last year. Was it? Okay, well, never yeah. mind, then. Um, anyway, now that we talked through this, now I want to do a prediction special. So, yep, lock it in. All right. Well, that's all we got, it ladies is. and gents. That's another episode of Cast. It is a little bit of a longer episode today. Yeah, a little bit. But um, before we wrap up, I do want to say, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Twitch. Follow us on Twitter at HapticIntel. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. And uh, again, I'm going to say at the end of the show now, we have a very, very big announcement to make. And it is that we are going to be interviewing a huge director, actor, and writer in Hollywood. He has done a movie with one of our favorite actors, one of the funniest actors. uh, I'd say that me and Josh appreciate it right now. Um, he's done stuff with uh, someone from, I don't want to give too much away. He's worked with superhero, someone that was in a superhero property, and he might just be doing a movie in the MCU in the future. And we'll talk about that in our interview. Uh, I don't want to say his name yet. It's We're, we're just going to tease it a little bit. Josh actually has an image that's going to serve as a teaser for who this person is. Um, See if you can figure out who it is. We're going to be interviewing them uh, here on the channel for a video. So we thank them for taking the time out to uh, to agree to do it. And um, that's it, man. Josh, what do you got? Nothing. Nothing? Just follow us and exist in our space. I love that. Follow us and exist in our space. That's awesome. That's right. All right. Well. Um. Am I am I going to it now? Are we done? Goodbye. Goodbye. Josh. Oh no. Oh no. How are you making 
an interview with one of my potential colleagues. Is that true? With one of your potential colleagues? I'm in Hollywood, and so are they. Okay, so tangentially, gotcha. Yes, and I asked him if I could be in his next film. And what did he tell you, dude? He said I need to stop drinking so much I was alcohol. Gonna, I was going to say, if you're calling him the way that you are right now, you know, that's probably not going to go over too well, Mr. Freeman. Well, I'm Morgan Freeman. I'm very drunk. And I'm proud of you for securing an actual, real, non-bit interview with our Hollywood director, writer, and actor. We couldn't have done it without you, Drunk Morgan. Freeman. You are so cool. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Big fame. Subscribe.